Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. Here we'll have a conversational exploration of tarot, personal and spiritual growth, and identity formation. It's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I'll process stories from my life, both from the past and from the current moments that I'm moving through, to give listeners things to think about in their own journey. I'll also be introducing you to wonderful humans who are exploring these topics in their lives, either personally, professionally, or both. So my name is Jenna Fox, and I'm an educator, writer, tarot reader, Reiki master, and queer mystical mama. What I'm not is an expert. So if you're a seeker, if you've got a curious mind or are interested in esoteric topics, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to have you on the journey. Let's get started, shall we? So I've been on fall break, and yet during this time, I have actually been recording different episodes. And so it's actually been several weeks since I talked about the Empress, since I began that exploration of the Empress card. And yet I know that the way that I'm going to be releasing these episodes is all in a two-day span, right around um, Samhain, Halloween, um, Dia de los Muertos, All Souls Day. And so it's it feels a little funny for me to be doing like a part two when you might have just listened to part one just a couple of hours ago, but knowing for me that there has been several weeks in between my musings the first time and just how this card, the Empress card, has been sitting with me and influencing me in the past couple of weeks. It's just still kind of been present. So on today's episode, I really just want to dive into the Empress card again and share how it has been influencing and impacting me and just kind of um, following me, I guess, Um, but in, in the most gentle and subtle way, unlike some of the other cards that I feel very jarring or glaring, like always in my face. This is just sort of like when you're a kid at the park and your mom is always just kind of within eyesight, but you still have a lot of freedom to roam around and play and stuff. But every time you kind of look back, mom is there and she's watching and kind of protecting it. So it feels like a very sort of protective, nurturing, um, card. So in the first um, episode that I talked about the Empress, I was really struggling with the concept of receptivity. And that is is a concept that came up in my Tarot for the Wild Soul course with Lindsay Mack. And this idea of, you know, revisiting the image on the writer um, Smithwaite deck is, or card, is an image of a blonde woman sitting on like this beautiful kind of throne full of cushions and blankies and she's in this beautiful dress and she has a little crown and a scepter and she's sitting in a wheat field and it's it's a very luxurious card and I really was struggling with this concept of like receptivity especially as the card has been historically linked with like motherhood and femininity because I know my experience as a mother is one of 
not so much receptivity as giving. And in looking at all the Facebook conversations, you know, people are having back and forth conversations about maybe it means that we need to do self-care or be receptive or try to carve out space. And, and all of that seems like really, really great advice. I just was struggling to connect until I had this, this thought, it popped into my mind as I've been really, um, diving into ancestry. And so I first, I decided, um, well, so the thought that I had was, what if the empress is ancestral embodiment as the energy of the card, ancestral embodiment? And so I decided from that kind of like spark, that thought, I don't know where it came from. I'm going to say my guides, which I'm struggling with that language because I, until yesterday, I haven't really felt like I've had any quote unquote guides. Um and it feels kind of cheesy and overly spiritual. But um, so this, this, this wisdom came into my head, the empress as ancestral embodiment. And so I was like, okay, I need to look up the definition of empress, which I'm kind of embarrassed as an English major um, and as a teacher that I didn't look that up before, right? As I've been... Um, loving this this aspect of my podcasting is that I have a feeling, I have a thought, I have um, an emotion, I have a, like a, a spark of interest and so I just record and I do write things down but I don't do a lot of extensive research um, because I don't have the time or the energy or some of it I just want it to be kind of off the cuff what I'm what I'm just um exploring and not so much just reading about the history. So the definition of empress is a sovereign ruler of great power and rank, especially one ruling an empire. And the synonyms are sovereign, ruler, queen, monarch, czarina. So pretty normal, pretty normal definition, right? But I've been thinking about the title of Empress, the experience of Empress, if we look in a historical context, and queens, czarinas, empresses, monarchs, unlike our political climate right now, where in theory, in um, at the, the base, the root, the value of democracy is in electing officials, people to positions of power. Now, we could have like a really um, in-depth sociological conversation around whether or not that system is actually true or working, um, if it is representation of the people by the people, or if, you know, there's some maybe other factors at play, which I tend to believe there is, especially as far as money goes. Um, but unlike other countries in history or other countries that don't have like a democratic way of electing officials, if we think of the empress in a historical context, an empress was ancestral embodiment. She wasn't the empress because she had great empress skills, though I'm sure they probably did. 
they were born into this position. And we are all born into families. We have all received genes and chromosomes and gene expressions and our DNA. We are born with DNA and we are the embodiment of that DNA. And this is kind of a um, mind-blowing concept for me as an adult adoptee because growing up, I was I often felt very confused or like, like I had just been sort of poofed into existence. Um, I didn't mirror genetically my family, although adoption agencies historically have tried really hard to match up babies with adoptive parents so that they like look similar. Um, but genetically, I always felt different than my family. I was, you know, 6'1 at like 12 or 13 years old. And even though I have blue eyes and blonde hair like my brother and my adoptive dad, there just was something um, that felt, there was a felt sense that I was kind of like wearing pants that didn't quite fit or a shirt. Like it, it fit okay, but it just wasn't perfectly right. And so even in college, I was very much under the impression and um, spoke very voraciously um, in class, uh, my psychology class around nature versus nurture. And so when we, when we were doing some of those like Harlow monkey experiments and things, and I was just very, very adamant that it was all nurture and no nature, which of course is so silly. Um, it's a combination of both, but simply my my bone structure and my muscle structure and my eye color and my hair color is all a product of nature it's all a product of my blood ancestry my lineage and so in thinking about the empress as far as this idea of receptivity and ancestral embodiment i didn't have a choice i didn't have a choice I was bestowed a lineage and I simply received it and the genes are expressing themselves how they will and no amount of angst or, or um, you know, or questioning or being interested is going to change the fact that I have a very unique specific set of genes that are running through my veins in this particular moment in time in history. So this is this has led me to um, exploration around ancestry and the lineages, the very specific lineages that I come from. And I had a day recently where I was like, I just need to stop scrolling. I need to stop scrolling on Instagram. This has been um, just too, it's just been too much. It has been overwhelming and I have been trying to kind of check out of this physical reality and spending way too much time on social media. And so I decided that I was going to um, take a break, take a break from Instagram. And that day that I decided to take a break, I had um, about eight generations of ancestry on my paternal line, my paternal grandmother, her family, all the way from Czechoslovakia, 
popped up on my family search. And I've been doing this, um, all of this genealogical work and seeing how, you know, my family connected back to Czechoslovakia. And there were people that were born in the same little town on the Polish border for over 130 years, which has just been really beautiful for me to put things into historical context and to see where where my family comes from and where my lineage um, originates in at least you know in the time that we can trace human human names and you know church registries and births and deaths and christenings and stuff like that um, which is just an absolute huge privilege by my being white and from you know central europe and i have some other family on my other lines from you know the british isles and and sort of the Scandinavian countries. And so um, just been really, really feeling like I need to be in this slow down exploration of ancestry, which, which isn't going to happen on Instagram, right? So I decided that I was going to do some ancestral healing work. And I reached out to a woman named Darla Antwine, and I will make sure to put her um, information in the show notes so that you can um, contact her as well. I had heard her on a couple of different podcasts and, you know, she's native to Washington state. And so I felt like really connected and wanted to um, work with her doing ancestral healing. And so I'm not going to go to go through all of what we did in the session. I still feel like it's so fresh and so new and I'm in this like really vulnerable place of just integrating and noticing synchronicities. Um, But in that session, I I witnessed, so we did um, a couple of different guided um, visualizations and I met one aspect of my bloodline And this is really powerful as an adoptee because it connects, it it felt like it connected me in a way um, that was really beautiful and not just about the genealogy that I can find on um, family search. It felt like a great complement to some of the black and white information that I can see and verify with, you know, dates and birth and naturalization papers and death certificates, etc. So working with my ancestral line and in, in the session, I came across an ancestral guide and this was a really beautiful experience. I am not somebody who cries. Um, but in meeting in meeting this ancestral guide, I immediately I immediately teared up and heard um, heard the words "daughter, you belong with us. We've been waiting for you," and it was just so incredibly powerful, and felt like the perfect Empress card moment as. I was sitting there in my chair and I was comfy and the sunshine was coming through the window and even my dog wasn't barking and I was just sitting there holding a stone and experiencing this 
this beautiful exchange where I was able to kind of go through my lineage and, and see some things. Um, and, and just having this, this powerful encounter with somebody who's known me, because as I've been thinking about it, I am the ancestral embodiment of this lineage not just this lineage, right? Of course, because there's, you know, my father's mother and my mother's mother and my mother's father and all of theirs, you know, there's all these different little tributaries that go into the Mississippi as it rolls down into um, the ocean. And I really should have used the Columbia River because that's our, that's our big river here. I'm not sure why I said the Mississippi, but um, the, the advice that my ancestral guide gave me, um, was to slow down, to slow down and to rest and to know that I've always belonged, which was just, it was just really beautiful and simple. He didn't have a lot of words, which I'm grateful for because, I can sometimes get lost in all of the chattiness of the world. And it was just slow and simple advice. And so afterwards, after, you know, we, we did this healing session and um, we were wrapping up and, and I just said, you know, I feel like I am, I'm tired. I'm really tired. And it's just, it's just been so powerful. And so, um, it's been, it was just felt so needed, but I just was, exa- I was exhausted. And thankfully the, the session coincided with the day that my, my eldest child um, was at a camp all day because he had the day off from school. And so he was at a nature camp and my youngest was at daycare and, and I knew that I had some hours. And so I just felt this like deep bone exhaustion, right? Like I've been actually sleeping really well in the last few weeks, especially since buying that weighted blanket. Um, but it's like I need to make up for, you know, all the, the sleep deprived years that I've had as a mother um, for the first, you know, like six years of my kid's life. So just this deep, deep, deep bone exhaustion. And so I went into my bedroom and I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to really listen to this guide. And they said, slow down and rest and hibernate. And there was a lot of like bare energy that I was, that was coming through. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I, and so I went and I laid down in my bedroom and I immediately fell asleep. And now I'm the kind of person that loves naps. I love, I love, love, love naps. Like if I could just professionally read a nap and somebody could just pay me, I would absolutely, it would just like be my favorite thing. I love spending time in the dream world, but often I fill my space and time during the day with in between big activities, like picking my kid up from daycare or or, you know, making dinner, like these, these things that are non-negotiable that I have to do. I spend a lot of my time filling it with other things. Like I've even had to ask myself recently, as I sit down, there's no dinner to be dinner to be made. All the kids have been picked up. We've done all this stuff. I sit down and I like start reading a book and I've had to ask myself, am I reading this book because I want to be reading this book? 
Or am I reading this book because I feel this obsessive need to be productive, to do, to be creative, to fill my mind, to consume content, to move fast, 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 even if my body is slow, is sitting down. And so often what happens is when I go to take a nap, my, I lay down and suddenly my mind's like, and is doing all sorts of like mental gymnastics and thinking through all the different things that I need to be doing, but not after this healing session. I took that advice to rest, to hibernate, to be quiet. And I slept. I fell asleep almost instantly. And then one hour later, I woke up and I felt refreshed and rejuvenated. And, but not in a quick way, in like a slow way. And it was, it was just really it was just really beautiful and reminded me of this way of saying, okay, take what you need, right? The Empress, although we could have a, a large conversation around, um, you know, the historical ramifications of having monarchies and sovereignty and rulers and stuff like that, they, they took care of themselves, right? And they didn't expect themselves to do it all. And, and so I am the empress of my bloodline. It has flown into me. And unlike my ancestors who don't have human embodiment anymore, I get to do the things that they used to do, that they used to be able to do. Um, which sometimes I find this human body to be a real drag um, and want to spend time just kind of in my mind or it'd be great to be a soul and just floating around and I'm like, okay, I'm actually a physical human body. And I am that, the, the, the embodiment of this ancestral lineage, which is a beautiful privilege um, that not everyone gets to have. So it made me think about my adoptive parents and how my adoptive mom has no descendants in this regard. Sure, she has descendants legally in this lifetime, but she has no descendants of this biological bloodline. She is the last empress of her particular iteration of that family bloodline. And my dad as well, my adoptive dad, he doesn't have any descendants. He is the last in his bloodline. And I have kind of been grafted into that tree and hold some of the um, experiences and stories, but they don't have the same descendants um, that I do with my biological children growing up in my house. And so I've just been thinking about that, that privilege, that title that I have of somebody born into this family, somebody born into this bloodline. And no, I wasn't raised in my bloodline and in my, in my families of origin, but I still carry this genetic makeup and wisdom. And the Empress card is just saying, receive that, receive that blessing and let it flow out and stop trying to fight it. <laughs> just let it be and know that you're connected. 
that, you know, we have Queen Elizabeth II. And so that meant that there was a Queen Elizabeth I. And we have, you know, going back all the generations, this sense of knowing herself because she had a tradition, because she had that ancestral line to draw upon that gave purpose and um, and meaning to her life and direction. And in 2018, it doesn't look so simple, right, as a monarchy, as a monarchy would. And so that's that beautiful challenge for us is, okay, what lineage have we been given and what do we get to do and what do we get to just rest in? as far as this empress energy. So I'm curious with this rediscovery or this rediscussion or part two of the empress tarot card discussion, I'm curious what it brings up for you. Where do you feel like you are um, being a good ancestral embodiment of your particular lineage? And I would love to hear um, I would love to hear from you if anything, um, if anything comes up or if this idea resonates with you. So my Instagram handle is at Leo Rising Tarot, and I'm also free um, via email. So that's leorisingtarot at gmail.com. And I'm sure that this is not the end of this conversation because it seems to be the card um, that is going to continue following me as I do dive into this, this ancestral work and say, okay, how can I really, how can I really embody my ancestral lineage um, using the wisdom of the Empress? So stay tuned for future episodes. They might not be during this mini um, fall release, binge Netflix style release, um, but I'm sure that I will revisit this energy in the future. So would love to hear from you. Let me know what you think, and uh, we will talk soon. Hey, friends. Thanks for listening to Leo Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived. So feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting. But much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.